Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hoops at both the high school and college levels take center stage this weekend throughout the state of Montana as a full slate of Big Sky Conference action and a crosstown showdown at Dahlberg Arena highlight the next few days. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula tonight, the Montana men's basketball team will look to parlay the momentum from Monday's 78-67 win over Southern Utah against an upstart Northern Arizona team that hasn't won in Missoula in several years. The Grizz were swept on the road last weekend, losing at Weber State and Idaho State, but bounced back with a victory over the previously league lead Thunderbirds Monday to sit at 9-4 and four in conference play. Northern Arizona comes to town with a 4-8 and eight conference record. In Bozeman, the Montana State men have won 9 in a row and 14 of their last 15 to sit at 10-2 and two in league play and 19-5 and five overall. The best start by the Bobcats in more than 20 years. MSU hosts Portland State, one of the hottest teams in the Big Sky Conference. The Vikings have won 4 straight and sit at 6-7 and seven in league play. On the women's side, Montana is at Northern Arizona. The Lady Grizz are coming off a 69-64 win at first place Southern Utah to move to 7-4 and four in league, while NAU sit at 7-5 and five in conference play. MSU's women take an eight-game winning streak to Southern Utah. They were supposed to play at Portland State, but the Vikings had to postpone all their games this weekend because of COVID protocols. And finally, Friday night in Missoula at Dahlberg Arena, the battle for the Golden Goat as a doubleheader between Sentinel and Hellgate plays out in boys and girls basketball. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Into the future.
What's up, Montana? Happy Thursday. Hope you're having a great week. It's not Steve Miller Band, although I know a lot of people around here love the Steve Miller Band. They rock it when they come to Missoula. Nope, this is a little seal cover. We got a little theme today, a little basketball music theme. We were listening to some Michael Jackson jam, and then I thought about the music video with Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. And then I started thinking about Space Jam, and that led me to this. Welcome to the inside of my sporadic mind. Come <laughs> on, it's now ESPN Radio. This is the the first hour of the show, Around the Big Sky, Women's Hoops, the Crystal Red Path, presented by Laird and Cowley, attorney at law. We broke down the entire Big Sky Conference when it comes to the Grizz, the Bobcats, and everybody in between. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by the Advocates as well as Sportsbet Montana. Well, look at this. Coming to you from Studio 49 down here at the Gallagher Business Building. We had to call a little audible, but we're doing it as we always do every other week here on Nuanas Now. It's a business angle. Justin Angle. Professor of Business down here at the University of Montana. Recording these things at his shop for a variety of different reasons, but uh, we got to tell you that. That's the only reason we're wasting your precious time by letting you know. But, Justin, I was thinking about this last night. Business angle, by the way, presented by Blackfoot Communications. I saw a promo for the Super Bowl into the Olympics Mm. for NBC, and I was thinking, wow, what a awesome coup for NBC to have Super Bowl into the Olympics. But then I also thought to myself, wow, forever, if you had this exact combination, it would be maybe even added viewers after the Super Bowl is over. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. And then I was thinking about my Olympic viewing habits and how now, like Nathan Chen last night, took the internet by storm. I watched the whole thing on Twitter, mm-hmm. not on TV. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm just one of millions that are doing this. It's just so interesting to see the way that this whole thing has pivoted and changed because for the first time maybe ever, Super Bowl into the Olympics maybe means a massive loss in viewership where that never has really been the case. Yeah, I think it would be a red flag for the um, the ratings that, you know, trying to capture an audience right. or hold an audience from the Super Bowl into the Olympics, particularly now the Olympics just uh, – under such stress, the ratings are down. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Coulter. Like, why are the Olympics on television? They should right, be, right. they should, like, Twitter or or Facebook or Meta, yes. I guess. They, those sorts of media outlets should put in a bid to broadcast the Olympics. Because consume the Olympics through Twitter is just such a better experience. The it experience is. on television is just so bad right now. It's not it compelling. Is. It's fragmented. People already know the, you know, the, the answers to the test before they take it. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's not much interesting there. And I think, yeah, folks are going to sit around eating, doing what they do during the Super Bowl. The last thing they're going to want to do is turn on to some non-compelling... Unless the Super Bowl is a stinker, sure. in which case maybe they tune out and then come back on. I don't know. It's so funny, too, though, because it doesn't even matter if the game's a stinker because there'll still be so much narrative around the game, whether yeah. it's the halftime show or is Tom Brady ever going to play again yeah, exactly. or is Aaron Rodgers going to go to Tampa Bay? We have this giant scandal right now, which I think is actually one of the biggest and most impactful lawsuits that's ever happened in the history of pro sports. And people are hammering on it and people are talking about it. And again, here we are again. (laughs) It doesn't do anything to impact the popularity of the NFL. In fact, some would argue, a lot would argue, it accentuates it. I think more people are paying attention to the annual coaching carousel because there's an additional layer of drama. It's interesting, too. Like, I I would love to see public polling data on, you know... um, like approval ratings for the NFL as a brand and for Roger Goodell as a leader because they're probably 
quite low, yet the, the, the entirety of the NFL is such a force in American media um, that it just sucks out all the airspace. It's become so tribalized almost yeah. that I think that even if people are scrutinizing of the NFL, there's still this notion where, well, you know, I like the San Francisco 49ers and they seem to be doing things right. So damn the Miami Dolphins and right. screw the Houston Texans, but the Niners, they do it right. It's just such a, it's a bizarre scenario that we're in. And even the people that are those fans, though, of those said teams that maybe are the ones being criticized, scrutinized, and all that, they still didn't have the platform, or I guess the the excuse, so to speak, the crutch to lay back on and say, oh, poor me. You know, Dolphins Twitter's been yeah, going off yeah. since the firing of Brian Flores mm-hmm. and since this whole scandal came out, the $100,000 a game to, to intentionally lose, all that, and yet Dolphins fans still have a platform because they can just bemoan how pathetic their franchise is, oh, yeah. and it's just this unintentional comedy, and it keeps promoting everything. And they get excited about the draft pick, right? I mean, it's just, it all feeds into itself. I think that just the structure of the product is so genius, and we've talked about this before. I mean, a small number of games, they own the Sunday, and now they're owning other spots in the calendar. And when we think about it, I know we've talked about this several times on this series, like we think about these new players like Amazon kind of coming in, mm-hmm. and you can make the product even more compelling. You layer on betting. You integrate the, the betting experience with the fantasy experience with the viewing experience. And, and the NFL is like all these variables are kind of coalescing to supercharge the enterprise, as it were. And that's the the, the normalization of gambling as well now, sort of yeah. the status quo of it. That's one of the other factors that's not a direct factor of the fallout from this Brian, For- Brian Flores conversation, excuse mm-hmm. me. But for years... You'd hear, if you heard something like an owner was trying to pay a coach to intentionally lose games, that would also then be followed by, well, you better hope that the, the bookies and the mobsters don't right. get him. Like, ha ha, right. there's some nefarious activity going on here. Now it's like, well, no, there's $70 billion being gambled in New Jersey alone yeah. on professional sports, let alone whoever's gambling on the Dolphins. So that's another interesting factor, sort of the normalization of it, but then also the, how that can add to a controversy because gambling is no longer controversial. It's almost mainstream. Yeah, and I think, like, the, one of the benefits of kind of institutionalizing the gambling or legalizing it and, and, and bringing it, um, you know, from under the cover of darkness is that it provides a level of transparency, right? These transactions are now, you know, in an open market, so to speak, and they will have records of those transactions. So I think as far as, um, you know... It, there's certainly like the temptations and, and the forces that would that would drive players and coaches and referees to kind of influence outcomes, right? But nefarious betting with a, without the transaction record, you're going to know who's on both sides of whatever trade is out there. A business angle with Justin Angle. We're recording down here, at Studio 49 Gallagher Business Building on the University of Montana campus. Usually we do this every other Tuesday. You're listening to this on your Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as. SWX Montana Television. And Justin, I've been uh, sort of doing some personal soul searching and and, uh, trying to get myself back on track in a lot of different ways, but I've been analyzing and studying human habits. Mm. And one uh, example that I started uh, delving in on was the example of Starbucks and the habits that can be created by a company like Starbucks. And as this uh, TED Talk I was listening to was was, uh, speaking of, 
people think they're going to Starbucks because they love the coffee. But in reality, the coffee costs Starbucks 13 cents to make, and you're buying it for five bucks a pop. Yeah. It's the experience that you're buying. The fact that they write your name in cursive and they treat you like a customer. It's Starbucks would tell you straight out, this is not some um, subconscious manipulation. This is a direct marketing tactic. Starbucks is selling customer service. They're not selling coffee. Yep. They're selling customer service through the lens of coffee. Uh, but that just got me thinking about a variety of, of different elements uh, when it comes to advertising and all that sort of stuff. But then it also got me thinking about Super Bowl commercials and the way that that has just rapidly accelerated and gone through the roof. And now we're going to have this controversy. Speaking of the platform for everybody to have an opinion with Twitter and Facebook and social media and everything, you can't have these outcries in real time all the time. But this weekend during Sunday's game, you're going to see a 30-second commercial every 30 seconds for as many as they can fit in, and those are going to be, what, $7 million a pop or something? $7 million for a 30-second spot, and they've sold out. They sold out way in advance of when last year's game sold out. And and then here's going to be the controversy this brings up then, though. You're going to have a a bunch of companies that maybe aren't paying livable wages or that, uh, you know, there's just going to be this giant dichotomy where this company spent $50 million on Super Bowl commercials and also has these other things to argue about. So I just wonder the validity of the advertising, but also it seems as if in this ad space, this advertising is almost impervious. Yeah, that's there's a lot of dimensions to that culture. I, I think Super Bowl advertising occupies a unique space, and there's only a certain um, set of companies that one can afford that, or even if they can't afford it, if it's a risky spend for them, they're probably in a position where it's kind of worth making that bet. They need broad awareness for a generic product across a huge market, and the Super Bowl is probably the best chance to do that, at least on television. So. You know, I, I think that's an interesting question. These these questions of spending, where you spend, who you spend your resources on. I mean, they exist in any market, in any business, right? And so to say that, you know, such and so, Budweiser isn't paying a livable wage in their bottling facility, but they're buying, you know, 10, 10 Super Bowl spots. You know, it's hard to attribute how much of their their financial performance is due to the brand and due to the branding efforts, including Super Bowl advertising. Um, and you see that in so many other areas. Like you see it on the university, right? Like sure. we've got buildings that need repairs. We've got classrooms that could be updated. Yet you see a ton of money flowing into some of the athletic facilities, right? Sure. And so, you know, people will, will, will raise a stink about that and say, hey, you know, why is the university cutting classes while they're, or, or whatever, like thinking about downsizing programs or doing whatever we have to do with budget cuts while we're spending so much money on football? Well, there's donors right. that give the, you know, when the donor attaches specific demands to a dollar, your kind of hands are tied there. And that was a bit of a free association to the university, but the notion that, that money is kind of Fungible in different areas on an, in an organization, I think, is, is a little... Um, it should be more than it is, but uh, there's some structural constraints to where you can move it. A business angle from the University of Montana Business School, Gallagher Business Building, Studio 49. Justin Angle joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. The scaling of advertising is fascinating to mm-hmm. me, too, because I, you know, I I now sell advertising for a living, but on a, on a very hyper-local level. I mean, our, our local is defined by statewide, yeah. but, uh, you know, we're selling to a group of 1 million people, not a group of 50 million people like that's going to be watching the Super Bowl. So I wonder where is sort of the, the breaking point, because 
straight up just the blanket concept of brand name awareness and top of mind advertising and all that is always going to be important. It's less important the more localized things become, though. Like our our most effective advertising we do is a call to action or something that's a, a direct message. Yeah. Hey, this sandwich is on sale for this amount of money at this place on this day. Or this coffee costs this amount of money on this day, whatever. Or, you know, tune in tomorrow and we're going to give you this for free so you can go try this place. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see commercials like that uh, on the macro level here in the Super Bowl. So uh, at what point does a company reach that point? Because it seems as if these giants, there is no real messaging behind any Pepsi or Coke or Budweiser or Verizon commercial we're going to really see. I guess cell phones are kind of different, though, because they oftentimes do have some sort of deal in them. But most of the time, it is just brand name awareness. Yeah, it, it is such a brand building spend. I mean, occasionally there are features and benefits that, you know, a, particularly like a cell phone provider will try to will try to put forth into the marketplace but yeah these are these are generic messages that are designed to build brands for generic products that are why you, know, you got to think of not only the audience but you got to think of the product too it's got to be a product that has pretty much universal appeal because that's the broadest set you know the, the widest net you can cast with television advertising and it's not targeted at all you're sort of blasting everybody and spending a huge premium to do that um, and yeah, calls to action. I think there's this f- like famous, I think it was AT&T or no, um, whatever, the MCI, right? MCI had this like M-Life website years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the classic kind of call to action Super Bowl websites, uh, Super Bowl ads that totally failed. They had like three spots for this M-Life website. Sure. This was, you know, mid 90s, late 90s. Yeah. Websites were a little bit more clunky than they are now. <laughs> Some are still clunky. And so everybody goes to M-Life and then M-Life is just shut down with sure. traffic, right? right? So, right. so there, it, it's difficult. You know, that's a particular example, but calls to action in right. that in that context are really hard. And then there's another interesting play too, is there's some brands that, you know, you see this move with PETA. PETA always does this. They, they say that there'll, there'll be news stories this week that suggest that they had an ad that was banned from the Super Bowl. And that grabs the Twitter sphere in the media news cycle. And they probably had no intention of actually spending the money on that ad. They just wanted to get it out there that, hey, there's a banned commercial. And people see banned commercial, they're sure. going to click on that and watch it. So they get their, their, their message out without having to pay the $7 million. Um, and I guess just to close, the, the, the other category would be a brand that just wants to take a flyer sure. to capture the narrative. So like when GoDaddy came onto the market, they right. said nothing about their product. They just showed girls in bikinis and got attention and people were like, I don't know what GoDaddy is, but I liked looking at that woman, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go find out, right? So they just you know, said nothing about the product, but, but got you interested. Unbelievable. Business Angle here with Justin Angle, University of Montana Business School. And a University of Montana business professor here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Let's talk about some of the athletes here in this set Olympics. Sure. First, Michaela Schifrin was sort of the darling of the last Winter Olympics. She's receiving a ton of attention now as well because of uh, not her accomplishments, but because of her failures. She did say uh, as of Thursday morning she will do the Super G. So one more event for uh, one of America's most popular and famous athletes. But uh, when you're talking about endorsements or branding or marketing of these said athletes, success isn't the only factor, right? I mean, her sponsors are getting as much, if not more, 
because of her failures rather than her successes, right? Yeah, I mean, you're 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 paying an athlete to tell a story, and right. you're telling you want them to tell a story that's consistent with your brand story, and so you know that story could be struggle and resilience, sure. and, and they can if if that's consistent with your brand attributes, and that those are generic attributes that I think most brands would want to cultivate. Then you know, a skier who falls, or an Olympic, or, or a figure skater who bails. I mean, those those stories and imagery um, can be pretty compelling, provided that the athlete responds in a way that's con- kind of consistent with the brand ethics as well. Uh, definitely, and it was gut wrenching to see her just because of what oh, she's yeah. gone through from yeah, the absolutely. injury and the death of her father and all these things. We wanted the storybook ending. Yes, maybe we still get one. Uh, but I also think that's important just from a sporting viewing perspective. Is it's, it's not all, all that glitters is not gold, so to speak, right? Life is not perfect, that's and we exa- all know that. That's exactly right. Well, the other story that could be the new darling of the Olympics is Eileen Jew, who uh, grew up in America, but dual citizenship, and then d- decided rather than, even though she trained for most of her young years in America, to become an Olympic skier for China. China's had a variety of gold medal winning Olympians, but I don't believe they've ever had a female skier. I don't think so. So she has this crazy opportunity to be sort of this dual market, and by dual market I mean the United States and China superstar, but there also just seems like there's so many different factors that could be these giant pulls to her as well. I'm not sure. First and foremost, she's got to go achieve, but uh, it seems like the brand power of this individual is profound. Yeah, and I think like this is just one of those stories that's rife for social media hot takes sure. and you know op-eds and and so forth. Everybody's got a hot take on you know what it means for you know bilateral relations with China and whatnot. Right. And, and and so and, and I think that's a lot to put on an athlete who's now 18 and was 15, I think, when she made this decision to, yes. to kind of represent China internationally. So that's a lot to put on a young person. Um, my cynical take. She just made the um, decision that the market for endorsements in China was bigger. There was Way more, bigger. more opportunity, and she could be, you know, you're going to... That's a microcosm of sort of a global shift, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's where the market power is, right? That's where the audience is. That's where there are larger companies that are willing to spend. And she probably looked at it like, I can be, you know, one of a pretty short list, but a list sure. of people in a category. And whereas in China, I can be a national hero instantly. No and question. that's, you know, one and a half billion people that I could be marketed to. That's a big audience. And for better or worse, particularly when it comes to female athletes, there's a lot of different factors that go into yeah. their marketability. And because she is sort of this one of a kind in China, maybe those factors aren't as broad, right? Yeah. They, make those, they may make no mistake about it. Michaela Schifrin, Maggie Voison, they are very marketable because of what they look like as yeah. well as their talents as skiers. Part of it, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that that's absent in China, but if you are a one-of-a-kind, it sort of eliminates a lot of those other factors as well. You are this unique novelty, so therefore you are marketable no matter what, right. uh, even if there are things you can't control. Yeah, I mean, I think that the people casting aspersions at um, at Alain Gu, you know, they're probably... All the takes on how could she endorse the you know authoritarian Chinese regime? I don't think that's at all part of this. I think it's all just the dollars. Right. Absolutely. And then that brings me back to full circle, something that we've been talking about quite often, and and that is that the I don't want to over dramatize this, but like the 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 new Cold War, and I don't mean a struggle for nuclear arms, but the new sort of global um, battle for supremacy is in 
the manufacturing and, and sort of the the global or I guess the the globalization of the world and then sort of the the battle to be the premier economic leader amongst the uh, globalized eco- economic world. We've talked about this a lot. And I was thinking about how the Olympics, especially in the modern day in the 20th century, the hosting of the Olympics was such a symbol of power, oh, yeah. of Absolutely. global power. And uh, it's been a little while since America has hosted Olympics, yet here we are now with a third consecutive Olympics in Asia, a for the first time ever, a city hosting the Winter Olympics after hosting the Summer Olympics, right, and that's right. only in the span of 14 years for Beijing. Yep. And when I was watching the opening ceremonies, I was just thinking, there are probably some Americans of certain age watching this and thinking, my God, what has happened to our great country? But there's other people that are completely oblivious to this. But what do you think of just sort of the dynamic of the global power struggle when it comes to economy and other uh, that's sort of on display by the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, where the Olympics are hosted is a sign of economic power in in many ways. It's also a sign of influence. Sure. Right, and the IOC is notoriously subject to influence. Some might call that corrupt. Others might just call it, you know, influence. (laughs) You call it whatever you want. But yeah, I mean, China's got tremendous influence. They got tremendous market power. And when you think about opportunity for growth, you think about creating new viewers, the, the Asian markets are just riper. You know, totally. The market here in the United States and probably in Europe is saturated. The people who are watching the Olympics are already watching them. The people who are buying into these stories and these athletes and these sports are already there, right? Although the United States, they, we tuned out. And maybe this is sort of a symptom of that. You know, you, you, you switch the focus to a different market. You lose sight of the needs of your previous market. And maybe that's a good move strategically, but but if you want to, you know, you, you can't take your eye off the ball. You can't serve too many masters in, in creating a product and brand experience that people buy into. Well, then that brings me full circle back around to the NFL because um, I, I had this thought the other day. The NFL is this sort of unbreakable machine where no matter what happens, the drama seems to accentuate the brand at all times, even yeah. if the drama is less than savory or in some cases horrific. Yet I wonder... How much influence do you think the fact that the NFL is a exclusively American sport has to do with the obsession of the NFL by Americans? Oh, I think it's it's a big part of it. We're right? not sharing it's, any. We're no. not sharing the spotlight ever. There's no there's no discussion of. You can say Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the world because he is because there is no other quarterbacks yeah. from any other countries that are competing. Absolutely, we can be the best, and right. we like being the best. We right. like telling everybody we're the best, and this <laughs> is the best sport. And so, yeah, there's no international competition, and anytime there has been, it's been total sham. I mean, the CFL is kind of Weak, totally sure. weak by comparison. It's right. considered the minor league. So yeah, it's an area where we can unequivocally plant our flag and say we're the best. And 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 there are no comparisons that that um, that can undermine that claim. A business angle, Justin Angle joins us every other week here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Anything else that's on your mind before I let you go? I just got to say, you know, the news this morning about Jeremy Giambi caught me. Um, it's looking like uh, an apparent suicide. He died at age 47 in his parents' home. And um, just sad. You know, I'm 47 years old. It just yeah. makes me feel my own mortality. And it makes me feel like, you know, the world is a hard place. And um, you just got to live your life every day and, and carry it forward and take advantage of this great opportunity. So uh, I will say to the listeners, if you're struggling and need help, go get help. Go get help now. If you know somebody that needs help, help them. Be a friend. Be a brother's keeper. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, more Big Sky Conference talk, including the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, 
to analyze this weekend's upcoming games for the Grizz and the Bobcats and everybody else around the Big Sky Conference. Keep it right here on CSPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hoops at both the high school and college levels take center stage this weekend throughout the state of Montana as a full slate of Big Sky Conference action and a crosstown showdown at Dahlberg Arena highlight the next few days. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In Missoula tonight, the Montana men's basketball team will look to parlay the momentum from Monday's 78-67 win over Southern Utah against an upstart Northern Arizona team that hasn't won in Missoula in several years. The Grizz were swept on the road last weekend, losing at Weber State and Idaho State, but bounced back with a victory over the previously league-leading Thunderbirds Monday to sit at 9-4 and four in conference play. Northern Arizona comes to town with a 4-8 and eight conference record. In Bozeman, the Montana State men have won 9 in a row and 14 of their last 15 to sit at 10-2 and two in league play and 19-5 and five overall. The best start by the Bobcats in more than 20 years. MSU hosts Portland State, one of the hottest teams in the Big Sky Conference. The Vikings have won 4 straight and sit at 6-7 and seven in league play. On the women's side, Montana is at Northern Arizona. The Lady Grizz are coming off a 69-64 win at first place Southern Utah to move to 7-4 and four in league, while NAU sit at 7-5 and five in conference play. MSU's women take an eight-game winning streak to Southern Utah. They were supposed to play at Portland State, but the Vikings had to postpone all their games this weekend because of COVID protocols. And finally, Friday night in Missoula at Dahlberg Arena, the battle for the Golden Goat as a doubleheader between Sentinel and Hellgate plays out in boys and girls basketball. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Come on, swing Remember when Mighty Ducks was the coolest movie on the planet and the actual Anaheim Ducks didn't yet exist? Amazing times. This song will always remind me of a little Mighty Ducks action, a little Gordon Bombay. It's amazing the advanced themes that used to be in kids' movies, too. <laughs> sort of sort of funny. You had no idea what was going on when you were eight years old, though. just want to see that knuckle puck. I want to see that Goldberg the goalie. Welcome back. Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. A little Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch for you on a Thursday. Appreciate you being here. Hope you're having an outstanding week. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. You can visit nwmsrocks.com for the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, SUVs, and more. Take back the road with Northwest Motorsport today. We... Have all sorts of fun stuff for you here almost all the time, including a couple different things. First, let's start with the here and now. Swung by Warden's Market today, as I tend to do weekly. You always see somebody fun you know. One of the friendliest staffs you're going to find anywhere in the world. I love those people down there. They're awesome. Always take care of us here. But Warden's has done a couple things for us. 
First and foremost, each and every Thursday, they give you the opportunity to win a six-pack and a sandwich. That's right, six-pack of beer and a sandwich from Warden's Market of your choice. The Super Bowl Sunday coming up on Sunday. So it's a great time to win it. Get your party started. All you have to do is call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029, caller number three. We got a six-pack of beer and a sandwich, courtesy of Warden's Market. All you got to do is call us, give your name. Andrew will call down there. Your name will be on a list. You can go pick out a great six-pack from Warden's top-notch selection of craft beer. And get yourself whatever sandwich you want. I like the TBLT. I like to throw it on the, the baguette. So call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Warden's also has a phenomenal selection of wine. I've been really getting into wine lately. Um, very fun pursuit. Steeped in in history and the development of a palate. And I also have you know a pretty distinct advantage given the fact that uh, my brother is a wine connoisseur, expert, and sommelier. So uh, pretty cool to learn from him as well. But Wardens has also been kind enough to help us out with a bottle of wine for our Valentine's Day giveaway. So here's what we got for you. We got a pair of ski tickets to Snowball. We got a $50 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. We got a $25 gift card to Taglieri Deli. Let's get yourself hooked up with uh, whatever they got down there at Taglieri Market from sandwiches to charcuterie. We also got to buy a bottle of wine from Wardens Market. So text us your Valentine's Day plans, 888-1029. That's 888 And uh, get yourself entered for our Valentine's Day giveaway here at ESPN Radio. Big slate of hoops tonight, including a ball game in Bozeman between one of the, or I guess two of the hottest teams in the Big Sky Conference. One, definitively the hottest team in the league, that's the Montana State Bobcats. They've won 14 out of their last 15 games. The lone loss in that span, an 85-75 loss to Weber State on December 30th. The other, the other conference loss Montana State has experienced is the very first conference game way back on December 2nd when they lost 77-75 to Northern Colorado. Other than that, it's been all roses for MSU, all victories, and they're getting it done in a variety of different ways. They've won big with defense like they did against Idaho State at home. They've won big with offense like they did at Idaho when they scored 92 points. They've gutted it out like they did against the Grizzlies in a 66-59 win and like they did against Eastern Washington and Idaho the following weekend. They've also had big leads like they did against Northern Arizona down in Flagstaff and then had those leads slip away and then closed out the game. And they've had resounding victories like they've had the last two times out, drilling Weaver State 78-57 in Ogden last Saturday and then pounding Idaho State 72-54 on Monday. So the Bobcats have won nine in a row. That's their longest winning streak in 20-plus years. They've also won 14 out of their last 15, and they're knocking on their first 20-win season since Danny Sprinkle was a freshman at MSU way back in 1996. So Montana State's third-year head coach is doing a hell of a job leading his alma mater. But the Portland State Vikings are red hot as well. PSU has won four in a row coming into this game. They sit now at 6-7 and seven in Big Sky Conference play. They are a team shrouded in mystery entering this season. Jace Coburn 
in his first year as the head coach after Barrett Peary took a job at Texas Tech. Also, just noticed this looking at Portland State's roster and their coaches. I did not know this. Former Big Sky standout Quinton Upshur, who played at Northern Arizona, is on Jace Coburn's staff. So that's interesting. But Portland State got off to a tough start. They had a tough opening slate to conference play, but they lost Eastern Washington, beat Sac State, then lost at Southern Utah, lost to Montana in a nail-biter, 66-64, lost to the Bobcats later on that weekend, lost against Idaho at home, Southern Utah in overtime, and since then, they've had a little bit of a breakthrough. Ever since that 85-82 loss at Southern Utah on, uh, excuse me, against Southern Utah in Portland on January 27th, Portland State's won four in a row. They drilled Northern Arizona, dropped 97 uh, against the Lumberjacks and Flagstaff. They also ripped Northern Colorado and uh, a couple times in a row, including scoring 106 against the Bears last Thursday. And then they had a, a good win against Sacramento State as well. So Portland State riding a four-game winning streak, coming to Montana State riding a nine-game winning streak tonight. And uh, I've just been so impressed with this MSU team. They've lived up to my expectations and then some. I picked them to win the league, and they've been even better than that. I think they have a great core of players led by senior uh, uh, seniors, uh, guards Xavier Bishop and Al-Amin Adamu, as well as senior uh, forward Abdul Muhammad and uh, junior center Jabril Bello. But it's been their their depth and a couple key contributors off the bench that has been the absolute key for Montana State. I think that um, the emergence of Raekwon Battle as a game-changing player who still has the ability to come off the bench, the solid play of Kellen Tynes as a backup ball handler for those three senior guards, or two senior guards, excuse me, a third guard to go along with those guys, as well as Nick Gazelas, his emergence as a sophomore reserve. All those things have been very impactful for MSU. So big one tonight. There's going to be a moment in time where you just can't stay this hot. I mean, winning 14 out of 15 and then win 14 out of 16, still pretty darn good. I don't know how long the streak can last, but it's been a good streak. It's been an impressive streak. And a couple teams with streaks on the line squaring off in Bozeman tonight. Montana is in town tonight as well. Well, it's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Hoops heavy. I know it's Super Bowl week, but we like to hyper-localize this thing around here because we know that you're getting your Super Bowl commentary from every corner of the universe. We're going to keep talking Super Bowl, of course, because it's fun. I mean, we already gave you an hour of Coach Marty, Marty Mornowig, going crazy about the Super Bowl as well as the coaching ranks as well. I can't get over the fact that, Riley, we've had four guys hired as NFL head coaches in the last week that never played football before. I'm not talking about didn't play pro football. I'm not talking about didn't play college football. Didn't play football before. My mind is blown. This is a new frontier for me. I know Marty's like head is spinning. He can't even believe this. But uh, one of them is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett. I think that he comes with a caveat, though, because he's from the football family. Paul Hackett is a longtime great coach. Nathaniel Hackett's been coaching forever. So there's a, is, there's two different sides of this coin, right? One, you know, it's it's a new it's a new day. The, the meritocracy doesn't necessarily matter. Institutional knowledge and all that stuff, being the old guy who's been in the coaching business for 40 years. But the other thing is, though, that's so interesting, and Marty made this point, guys that never play football, they can start their coaching trajectories so young so by the time you're 38 you got 15 years of coaching experience already because you didn't waste waste time's not the way to say it, but you didn't spend time playing forever and then doing all these other things instead you just right in the ranks but what do you think of this new broncos coach i am very impressed first off i think that part of this is i wonder how bronco fans are going to react if aaron Rodgers doesn't come with him because i think there's this caveat out there oh he's bringing Rodgers. even if he doesn't though i like the fresh approach and i think that having the offensive mindset 
mindset from, from just a Broncos perspective, right? I mean, they have been defense heavy for a while and been good. They need to freshen it up offensively, and that comes with a quarterback. Hackett, I like him. I think it's a, a good call. First off, I love listening to Coach Marty on Mondays. I just – I would. Just thought you guys were going to break down the Pro Bowl for an hour, though, as well. But it's crazy to think, and just more to your question about these coaches that haven't played the game before, analytics, man. Analytics has taken over sports, whether you like it or not, from different angles. And with the McVeighs out there that have success, there's a trickle-down effect. It's amazing that Sean McVay has a coaching tree right now. I think that's a big story here as we, we talk about Super Bowl week and about the resurgence. Who would ever thought Rams Bengals would be in it? I mean, I th- isn't that a great microcosm of this NFL season where we had upsets where the Jags beat the Colts when the Colts are going for the, a, a seed and games that just don't make sense. Jags beat the Bills earlier this year. I, I think it's very fitting. It's crazy the football's coming to a close, but more to your question, I think analytics, that's, that's the number one answer of why we're seeing this trend. We're uh, a little less than two hours out from another home game in Missoula. Grizz gunning for their 13th straight home win this year, 15th straight home victory overall, Northern Arizona in town. Riley, earlier this week we talked about styles, who dictates the style. This is an interesting one because of all the teams in the league, and and make no mistake, Jalen Cohn's one of the most high-scoring guys in the league at Northern Arizona. That's sort of a replication of what they had with Cam Shelton the last couple years. Northern Arizona's not scared to get down and dirty with Montana. These games have, last couple years since Shane Burkhart has been there, just boxing matches in the 50s. So Montana, when they're at their best, they lure teams into playing their style. Can they do that to Northern Arizona tonight, though? Because Northern Arizona doesn't mind uh, slowing it down and and playing physical either. I think that they can, and I think that they will tonight with NAU. Just looking at the game from down in Flagstaff, I mean, they have great individual talent, but as far as putting it together, I don't think NAU can be the aggressor quite yet with their development and what they have. I I think that they are the ones that are playing on their heels a little bit and trying to play at each opposing team style. And that's why you've maybe seen the inconsistency throughout the year. But don't kid yourself. That game that happened last year in front of four fans, or you can't even call them fans, in front of four people in Missoula when the Grizz unthinkable. They blew a lead to NAU, went to sleep. NAU went on a 12 to nothing run to win here in Missoula. That's in the minds of Montana. And I think from what we saw last Saturday against Idaho State, you don't have to worry about the Grizz overlooking an opponent again. And that would be the number one concern I would have with someone like NAU. I do like what Shane Burkhardt's doing. I think they do have a younger core at hand. Second straight year, they have no seniors. So you know they're building the core and they're giving Shane Burkhardt time to do it. I just don't know if this year is quite that year. Jalen Cohn is a phenomenal scorer out of Virginia Tech, but what have we seen happen with phenomenal scorers? Brandon Whitney happens. Brandon Whitney held him 13 points under his season average down in Flagstaff, and unless Jalen Cohn gets going, it's really hard for NAU to establish their presence and score enough to win. Last time NAU was in Missoula, one of the most embarrassing moments of my sports writing career, I dropped my hydro flask on the concrete at Dahlberg Arena because there was four people there, me, you, Sean Rainey, and Travis Secure and Shane Burkhardt. It just like echoed throughout the arena. The whole NAU bench looks at me like a bomb went off. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to like impede this game. It was like a distracting moment. Like the refs are looking at me and everything. I'm like, I am so embarrassed right now. So it's so good to have some sound buffers. You can drop your water bottle in peace now uh, at Dahlberg Arena. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on Nuanas now. Riley, look at the schedule for the Grizz. NAU in town tonight, 
Portland State in town Saturday, then at Idaho Thursday before a return trip to Southern Utah on February 24th, and that then right before the Bobcat game in Missoula on a Sunday. So to me, I look at that and I think three games where Montana must take care of business so they can have a little momentum going into that rematch with Southern Utah. I think so too, and I look at the Grizzlies' schedule now remaining into two different parts. I look at the next three games, very winnable, where I think in this league, and we talked about this earlier in the week, it's more about who you play, when you play them, and, and teams' remaining schedules. Before Montana, they kind of went through a gauntlet. They've had the big road stretch. they played tough opponents. Now it's time for them to take care of business first off, but then wait back and see. Let everybody else beat each other up. And after that three-game stretch, the Grizzlies should, on paper, win those three. And if they do, where are they sitting? I think that this is a, a stretch for Montana to build a little momentum before that three-game gauntlet of Southern Utah, Montana State, Northern Colorado. It's a critical moment, and I think this is a time where they can sit back and maybe watch the rest of the league beat each other up. They put themselves in a favorable situation because of that bounce-back performance. But you're right. This is a, these are three games you can't overlook, but very, very winnable. Voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, he joins us at least once a week, but this time three times this week. Appreciate you being here, man. You can also check out all of his calls on the Grizzly Radio Network, and you can check out the Inside the Den podcast. Big one, this last episode, featuring Bobby Houck, head coach of Montana, Kent Haslam, longtime athletic director at the University of Montana, and me, yours truly, breaking out some Big Sky basketball and some National Signing Day. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Always fun, Coulter. Thanks. This is a great time of year. Six or seven games left in the Big Sky Conference stretch. Each will be pivotal. The ones you're supposed to win are as pivotal as the showdowns, and the showdowns become more pivotal if you take care of business in the ones you're supposed to win, and maybe even more important if you don't take care of business in those ones as well. So it'll be fun to watch as they all come down the stretch. Portland State and Bozeman tonight. Northern Arizona here in Missoula. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll tell you. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. So, Montana, welcome back. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Most days on SWX Montana Television, like we were for most of today's show, but now. And I got a little Bozeman Hawk game up on the television. I don't know if this is a live game or a uh, replay, but uh, either way, not on SWX right now, but we will be back at it tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. You can also always find the show on YouTube, and you can also always find the podcast of the show. Great show today, fun show. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference insider, swung by for around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. We talked all about Montana State's hot streak, the Lady Grizz roller coaster weekend that ended with a big win over Southern Utah on Monday. 
and some of the dark horses maybe that could spring some upsets in Boise. Second hour, Justin Angle, a business angle. Presented by Blackfoot Communications. We talked Olympics, the NFL and its unbreakable brand, Super Bowl commercials, and much more. And I gave a little monologue all about Montana State men's basketball, one of the hottest teams in the big sky. And we heard from the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, previewing tonight's game here in Missoula between Montana and Northern Arizona. You can find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana, as well as The Advocates. If you're in Montana watching the Super Bowl on Sunday, which most of you that are listening to this certainly will be, pay close attention during halftime. Watch for the new commercial for The Advocates. The Advocates has a contest going on social media starting on Super Bowl Sunday that you don't want to miss. You'll have a chance to win a $500 gift certificate. So follow them on social media for more details. Sportsbet Montana's got all sorts of pre- and in-game bets for you as well. The line has moved. The Rams opened as a four-point favorite. They're down to three and a half. So they're teasing you a little bit. Will you tease that line? I don't know. But no matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet Montana kiosk close by. One of your favorite establishments. You can always find all the places that have Sportsbet Montana kiosks by visiting the Sportsbet Montana website. Tomorrow... Our good friend Carolyn swings by to talk about a variety of hilarious and nonsensical things. Rajim Seabrook back in the fold to talk a continuation of our talk about NFL coaches and race in America. And we'll also give you recaps of all the Big Sky Hoops action tonight as well on tomorrow's show. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Thanks so much for being with us here today. This has been Nuanas Now. 102.9 ESPN Radio. See you tomorrow. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com, and remember, you deserve an advocate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.